This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It's Wednesday, September 29th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm about to be joined by Steve Wolfong, College Football Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports. We're talking about Cincinnati at Notre Dame this weekend. Wanted to get Steve on. He knows the Notre Dame program very well. He also knows the Cincinnati program very well. well is there, there's not a program out there that Steve does not know very well. Steve was recently at Cincinnati. He went last week during the Bearcats' bye their bye weekend uh, to go talk to Luke Fickle, go sit down in his office and, and just get a, a feel for how they feel ahead of what might be the biggest game in program history. Steve wrote a great story on 247sports.com titled, With the Goal of Playing for Championships, Luke Fickle has Cincinnati in that realm. I think Steve did a really nice job, especially getting pretty introspective quotes from Luke Fickle about where he thinks his program ranks among the best G5 or non BCS programs of all time. They, you know, of course, Boise State's in there and Central Florida. And if Cincinnati can beat Notre Dame and they're favored by one and a half and run the table, I don't know if they're going to make the college football playoff. This year has been crazy. Probably hasn't been crazy enough for them to do it. But even if they don't and they they run the table and win a New Year's Six bowl game, you combine that with what they did in 2019 or 2020, going nine and one, just just losing to Georgia by a touchdown in the Peach Bowl and the amazing seasons they had in 2018 and 2019 as well. You got a case. You've got a case for for the best non power five or non-BCS program of all time. I'll probably get flooded with Boise State and UCF mentions, but that's just what I feel. That's just how I feel. So let's bring on Steve Wolfong right now to talk Cincinnati and Luke Fickle. Steve Wolfong joins us right now. Steve, you are fresh off a visit to Cincinnati. I loved your story about Luke Fickle and the Bearcats on Monday on 24-7 Sports. So you saw them last Thursday. They had a bye week. Uh, They were coming off a win over Indiana, and they, they, of course, have Notre Dame this weekend in South Bend. What was the vibe like in the building? Was it low key? Was it just another game? Or could you feel the biggest game of the season, maybe biggest game in program history, regular season at least? Could you feel that aspect of it? I've been over there a couple of times in the fickle era, and there's just a ton of confidence in that building. You know, it's a coaching staff that believes in what they're doing and what they're building. And, it, you know, they've been building for games like this. They built for the Peach Bowl last year and that, you know, tremendous opportunity against Georgia. And they're certainly not going to be scared of Notre Dame. And I think in some places they're clearly more talented uh, than Notre Dame coming into this game. And, and, and obviously they had the extra week to prepare and they're taking advantage of that. And they'll be ready for Notre Dame at 2.30 on Saturday. So you sense a lot of confidence. It's not confidence that they're going to beat Notre Dame. It's confidence just within what they're doing and what they have been doing. This is a program that won four games the first year of the Luke Fickle era, but there was a confidence in their approach that they were going to quickly turn it around, and they won 11 the next two years. They have an experienced staff, guys that have won in a lot of different places, 
you know, the players at Cincinnati bought in and here's a team that's coming in as the number seven team in the country. And that's legit. And last I looked, Vegas had them as the favorite uh, to yeah. go into Notre Dame Stadium and get a win. And you and I both know the home team gets points. So what would the spread be at Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, maybe four. Cincinnati's right now one and a half point favorite. Sort of stunning to look at that line and, and see it. Notre Dame's 4-0. They haven't played that great. We can dive into that in a second. I thought it was really interesting, Steve, you talking to Luke Fickle about the best G5 or non-BCS teams of all time. Boise State gets the gets the most love, I think, rightfully so. He also talked about Central Florida. Was that an idea? Like, did, did you bring that up? Did you think about that on your drive from Indianapolis to Cincinnati? Did did Luke Fickle bring that up? Because I thought it was really rare to get such a such a broad perspective from a coach in the middle of the season. Well, I thought of it. It was the first question I asked him uh, when we sat down. Well, the first question I asked him is when Cincinnati will be in the Big 12. And then we started the interview. And I was the first question I asked him because for us, as the media, we're always kind of thinking of the next big story. And Cincinnati has a chance here to really, as a group of five program, has a chance to make a great resume for the college football playoff. And This is a tremendous opportunity for them. And I thought back on some of those Boise State teams watching Kellen Moore and Coach Peterson at the helm. Those Boise State teams were better than a lot of high-ranking Power 5 teams and would have legit given a college football playoff committee they would have to make a tough decision on if they were putting Boise State or leaving Boise State out of the playoff. And Cincinnati, with the way the schedule is lining up, they have a chance at the very least to make it extremely tough on this playoff committee if they do what they're supposed to do. Now, obviously, coaches by nature don't want outside noise and don't want to think about, are we the best group of five team ever when they've only played third of their schedule? Or they've only played a quarter of their schedule. They had a bye week. So they've only played three of the 12 games that they're going to play before they have to play a conference championship as well. So they still have a long road ahead of them. But this is a football team that Cincinnati has recruited. They've recruited the top group of five class nationally the last two years. They obviously turned around a roster quickly that won four games the year before they got there, four games the first year, and and turned into 11, 11, and nine last year. It would have obviously been at least 11 again last year had COVID not shortened the season. So they've won as many games as anybody outside of Alabama in college football from just a straight win standpoint in Clemson. And, And and so I look at this team as, as one that could go down for the ages if they do what they're supposed to do. And they go into a, uh, go into a game against Notre Dame where I think they have the advantage at quarterback. They have the advantage at corner. And, you know, they have playmakers on offense and difference makers on the defensive line as well. So it'll be exciting to see uh, what they do against the Irish. It's a shame for them if Indiana can't get things going. That would be great if that could be a top 30 win or, you know, maybe if it was last year, top 15 win. I am really fascinated by the matchups that we've got on Saturday. Marcus Freeman versus old team. Brian Kelly versus old team. Um, And of course, that was a really long time ago at this point. Marcus Freeman was just there at Cincinnati. And then Luke Fickle, Steve, you know, he turned down Michigan State two years ago. People are going to mention him for USC. I feel like with Cincinnati joining the Big 12, you know, Luke Fickle is in a, a better conference now. And if he were to ever leave, it would be 
like a Notre Dame type job or an Ohio State. So I just, I just, I mean, these two teams have more in common than you would think. But I, but if he, Luke Fickle, you know, first of, or, you know, he maybe he's been there before, but first of several trips to South Bend or, you know, does Brian Kelly, you know, have something extra for his old Bearcats? I, you know, does Marcus Freeman know how to get after Desmond Ritter? I, I think the Luke Fickle thing, though, is, is maybe the most compelling if we're talking coaching matchups here. Well, when Luke Fickle was a prospect and obviously played at Ohio State and he wrestled at Ohio State, I believe Notre Dame was his runner-up. So, you know, Notre Dame's a school that he's always had great respect for and admiration for going back to when he was a kid and uh, certainly had respect for them as a coach. He, you know, he's coached at Ohio State where they beat Notre Dame a couple times. But yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting storylines in this one. It'd be interesting if Cincinnati was in the Big 12 this year too, Trey. They were taking this team and we got to see them play against Oklahoma, got to see them play against Texas. Obviously, they're in the Big 12 because those programs aren't going to be uh, in, in the Big 12. But this Cincinnati team is a unique group of five team, in my opinion, when you look at some of the top of the board NFL talent that they have at keep positions, defensive line, quarterback, and corner. I think that for them, they just handle what's in front of them. And they can if they can beat Notre Dame, and then they hope SMU continues to run the table, they could have a big conference game against SMU later in the season. And, and you know, we'll see as what Coach Fickle said, you just want to have as many cards as in your hand as possible at the end of the season. And they got a chance to continue to add some face cards here. What do you think they learned the most about that near win against Georgia? That they belong? Well, I think they always thought that they belong. You know, I think that the Georgia game proves that they could play on those stages and, and play in those atmospheres. And Indiana was a great atmosphere too. You're talking about an Indiana team and a fan base that didn't get to attend any of those Hoosiers games last year for what was a special season. They lose in the opener against Iowa in a game where Michael Penix is turning the ball over like crazy. The Cincinnati game for Indiana was an opportunity for them to really show people, hey, we, we are as good as you thought we were coming into the season. So they played extremely hard, and, and it was a difficult place for Cincinnati to play, and they had to rally and, and get a win against the Hoosiers. And then Indiana bounced back and beat Western Kentucky at night on the road so to, to show the resolve of the Hoosiers. But this stage isn't going to be too big for, for, for Cincinnati when they come in the come into Notre Dame Stadium on Saturday. They've been tested in games like these. They've played in big conference games. They've played UCF. They've played SMU. They've played Houston. They've played some of the, the better teams in their league and uh, on their rise. And, and now they're the ones with the target on their back. And again, they're the favorite against Notre Dame. Who would have thought with Notre Dame coming off the college football playoff appearance? We all knew that this would be a big game. It was kind of circled preseason, but I don't think anyone would have predicted Cincinnati being the favorite coming into it. Yeah, not not me. I got two more questions for you. Desmond Ritter threw for two touchdowns against Georgia last year. It's hard to imagine anyone throwing for two touchdowns against Georgia right now, but he did it. I think a lot of the country, if they haven't really clued in to Cincinnati this year, is going to fall in love with him. What do you remember about him as a recruit? You know, I, I was kind of sleeping on him a few years ago, Steve. I remember when I think it's Evan Prater, a very ballyhooed quarterback recruit, came into Cincinnati. I was like, okay, is, is Evan Prater going to be the guy? You know, is he going to push out Desmond Ritter? Is, is he going to at least challenge Desmond Ritter? Desmond Ritter has turned his game up, and you wrote you, you wrote in your story he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks called in, in a few months. Well, Ritter was a good college or a good high school player in the state of Kentucky, but it wasn't like he was like this prolific passer. You know, when you look at his you look at his stats from his senior and junior year combined. 2,270 yards passing and 19 touchdowns combined 1,583 yards and, and, and 30 more rushing scores. So he showed dual threat ability, but he wasn't prolific. And Coach Fickle even kind of alluded to, 
Hey, we, we turned out, we didn't know what we were getting. They inherited him from the previous staff. They watched the film and it was, it was good. You know, it was fine. But if there was a portal, he said that I could almost guarantee you we probably would have went the portal route, but they had to go the high school development route. That's the way the cards were dealt then. And Cincinnati has obviously proven that their player development from their strength coach to just the overall consistent message from Coach Fickle to the OC, the DC, and the special teams coordinator on down has been consistent. And that kind of consistency has resulted in Cincinnati becoming one of the best football teams in the country, regardless of the P5, G5 designation. And so with Ritter, he's obviously developed. And G, uh, you know, Coach Gino over there has quickly proven he's one of the best quarterback coaches in the country. One other element for this game that you kind of left out, Trey, but Cincinnati's offensive coordinator, Mike Denbrock, uh, had a lot of successful years at Notre Dame, but his exit from Notre Dame wasn't exactly the smoothest as that, you know, that came on the heels of Notre Dame going four and eight. There wasn't much continuity on really either side of the ball when you're going four and eight at a, at a place like Notre Dame. But Mike Denbrock had a lot of great years and recruited a lot of great players at Notre Dame and is a guy that was in the mix to be the lone offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. It, it, it never worked itself out that way. And now here he is resurrected at Cincinnati, you know, with, with guys like Coach Gino by his side. You know, Cincinnati's got the eighth highest scoring offense in college football coming in here. And, you know, they're tough to match up with. They've recruited good players. A guy like Alec Pierce, who is an under-recruited guy out of Chicagoland, who's going to be a tough matchup for Notre Dame. They've gone to the portal and and, and landed Jerome Ford, who, who played his first year at Alabama and actually got on the field. You know, they got some weapons in this offense. Josh Wiley was a four-star tight end from Cincinnati that elected to stay home over 30 other offers, including several from the SEC. Mike Denbrock's storyline is another one to pay attention to for this ball game. What's with Notre Dame getting itself into grudge match games every week? Jack Cohen last week, Mike Denbrock now. I I did not know that. I'm glad you mentioned that. My last question to you, putting you on the spot, I'm not asking you for a score prediction, don't worry. It's not even Cincinnati related. But with Cincinnati going to the Big 12, Central Florida going to the Big 12, Houston, BYU, you would know this better than anybody because you cover recruiting like nobody's business. Who's the next Cincinnati? Who's the next G5 or G6 or G4 or whatever it's going to be? I'm going to throw SMU out at, at you. I'd love if you agree with that um, and, and tell me why. If you disagree with that, give me a different school. Oh, man, that's so hard to predict. I, I mean, I like SMU, obviously, because they're playing at a high level and their fan base is really invested, just like Cincinnati's. I mean, those are schools that can sell great football experiences. And when you're recruiting at the group of five level, you know, that added inch of, hey, you're going to come and play in front of 30, 40,000 fans every week that are passionate about SMU football or Bearcat football. I think that that helps give you an edge. You know, I, I, I mean, I don't know who's going to pop up. You know, maybe it's a school out West. Maybe it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you see Fresno State playing really well right now under Coach Kalen DeBoer, you know, and, and uh, they took Oregon to the wire in week one and you had other fan bases in the Pac-12 laughing and calling Oregon uh, overrated. And then uh, uh, at the same time, talking to some people in that Oregon football building, they were extremely complimentary of Fresno State. They were not down on how they played. Certainly, it's week one. You can get better in every component. But I think Oregon was happy that they beat Fresno State and, and, and beat a good football team. And they turn around and beat Ohio State on the road. And uh, Fresno State's out there you know, beating UCLA a couple weeks later, who 
that's their only blemish. So Fresno State's certainly a team on notice with with what they're doing out there. And I got a chance to visit Fresno State a couple of years ago, and it's a it's a pretty cool group of five uh, setting as well. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get Jake Hayner on the podcast, Steve. Appreciate you joining us and talking about Cincinnati and Notre Dame and, and everything else. Go have a good one, all right? Yeah, man. You too, Trey. We'll talk soon, brother. Appreciate Steve joining us. Follow him on Twitter at swiltfong247. I'm sort of sitting here regretting my Cincinnati take, not because I don't like the Bearcats, but I mean, that's, you know, it's it's probably Boise State. They did it for like 15 years. They're still doing it. Um, so Bronco fans, go easy on me. I get caught up in the moment pretty easily, but it would be cool to see Cincinnati go to one of the most historic places in college football and win. And uh, I think they can do it. I think they will do it. And I think they will do it by one and a half points or more as well. Our producer is Lance Glenn. I'm Trey Scott. Thanks again to Steve Voltfong. Thank you to everybody listening to the College Football Daily. Drop us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review if you feel so inclined. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.